glad we get to worship together and, and celebrate together. And, and if it's your first time here, yay, we're glad you're here because um, here you go. It's, uh, you made worship a priority this morning, and that's a cool thing. Now, my sister's watching. She just chimed in because uh, she sent me a text and said, where's your Facebook post? Because normally what I do is I get my phone out, I pull up the church's Facebook page, copy the link, and then post it to my Facebook page. So friends and folks that want to watch and get involved online can do that through my Facebook page. And my sister texted me and said, where's your Facebook page? And here's why I didn't have it up. I lost my sermon notes. So we sang that first song, and I had to go find them. <laughs> they were way over in the kitchen over yonder. So I got them now. So here we go. Glad you're here. Glad we get to worship together. We're still having the gathering conversation, if I can put it that way. Uh, one of the things we've put together in recent weeks and finally sort of printed up is this, this kind of conversational outline uh, for people in the gathering to have. There it is. Look, Jim's got a copy right there. Um, we've started kind of rolling out in, in, in small steps the opportunity of having these conversations, not simply in a classroom because it's, it's not a class, not a lesson. It's not a lesson. It's a conversation. It's wrapped around relationships. And I shared this several weeks ago as we began our way through it. And so today we're on what is essentially the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh conversation. Uh, and so we started the, the main conversation with the who am I question, and then we followed that with the what's important to me question, and, and then we talked about surrender. And, and I remember the Sunday on surrender, I shared with you that surrender is a posture. <clears throat> it, 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 it's, it's, it's a position you take uh, before you know what's coming, okay? Surrender is a posture. It's like, okay, God, I give up. Now, you, you don't even know yet everything you give up when you surrender. And so as God starts to reveal in your lives those things that stand between you and him, he says, what about that? So the next message was about uh, uh, sacrifice. And, and the title of that message was, I give that up. Because as God points to things in your life and says, that's standing between me and you. That's hindering your walk with me. That's hurting you somehow. And then you get those blunt statements from God sometimes says, that's sin, <laughs> right? And God is calling on us to have that posture of surrender and saying, I give that up, God, because I love you more than I love my sin, which is really a statement that says, I love you, God, more than I love me. Okay? And that is a posture of surrender. And then the next conversation was on listening. Like, who, do you, who are you listening to? Who are you paying attention to? What is it that you're hearkening to? And man, I really, that Sunday got all off on what we're listening to in the culture around us. Man, if you're listening to the world around you, you're going to be discouraged. You're going to be in conflict. You're going to have this, this sort of, this sort of uh, kind of measure of hostility going on under the surface so that all it takes is somebody to say one little thing to you and you're like, right? Because, because you're listening to the world around you and, and you're, not, you're not living in the peace that, that God has offered you, that Jesus says, my peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. Not peace like the world gives you, you see? And so a lot of the world around us, you know why there's so much conflict in the world? Because everybody's listening to the wrong thing. And, and they're just, just ready to bite somebody, right? 
The next one last week was about abiding. Where, where do you live? Where, where, where do you stay? Now, I'm not talking about your house. I'm talking about where, where, where do you set your heart and mind and soul? What, what, do, you, what do you just dwell in? Is, is it the presence of God? Is it the person and work of Christ in your life? Is it, is it the, the, the just simply paying attention to, listening to, abiding in the Word of God, the presence of God, the Spirit of God, and staying there? You see? Because that, if we're paying attention to that, if we're abiding in that place, then, then no matter what the world tosses at you, it, it's not going to knock you off that foundation. So today, here's the question. What are you doing? See, the obvious answer is listening to you, right? But think about it. How do you answer that question throughout a day? What are you doing? Do you ex ever examine your actions? Do you ever look at something you're involved in or something you're engaging in or, or something you're about to do, a choice you're making, an attitude you're holding, some, some kind of thing and go, uh, uh, I'm doing this, and then look back at it and go, why did I do that? Why am I doing that? Right? Is there? Right, so first of all, we've got to take that position of what are you doing? Second question of the day is, why are you doing? And the third question of the day is, who told you to? All right? So I'm giving you all three points at once. Go ahead, write them down. Now let's go home. 1 Samuel chapter 15. Great. This is one of those classic quotes that you see framed in your house. But I'm going to read from verse 22, and this is what it says. Then Samuel said, does the Lord take pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? Look, to obey is better than sacrifice. Ever seen that on a plaque? You know, <clears throat> and we should make bumper stickers or something. To obey is better than sacrifice. To pay attention is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and defiance is like wickedness and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. And then verse 24, Saul answered Samuel, I have sinned. I have transgressed the Lord's command in your words because I was afraid of the people. I obeyed them. Wow. Pray with me. God, this morning, I, I want to praise you and thank you again that, that we get to gather. Um, I, I, I think in this country, sometimes, God, we forget what a privilege it is that we can come together and worship, that, that we can look into your word and, and pay attention to it, that we can sing your praises, that we can have the kind of fellowship that, that builds up and edifies and encourages. And God, thank you. Thank you that we can be here this morning. God, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying. Wow, your life for mine. Thank you, God. God, I pray that we would hear, not, not an outline, not a question, not, not Bobby, but God, that we would hear you this morning and understand 
that which you command us. God, that we might be the people of God, that we might be your people. God, lifting high your name every day, all day. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's the story. Samuel, uh, God has given Saul the task. Everybody knows Saul in the Old Testament, first king of Israel. Uh, the people wanted a king. God didn't want to give them a king, but they wanted a king. So he gave them a king and told them they'd be disappointed. Okay? So he gave them a king. Guess what they were? Hmm? Disappointed. Yes, very much. So God gives Saul the instruction to go uh, <clears throat> destroy the Amalekites. All right, the Amalekites had, had come against God's people during the Exodus and, and had treated them very badly. And King Agag... Uh, had led the Amalekites against God's people coming out. Now, uh, I've been listening to some, some podcast stuff this week that there is a link between the Amalekites and the sin that, that existed on the earth before the time of Noah. Just so you know. There, so, so people always say, well, why would God ask Saul to destroy everything? Because there was a corruption in the Amalekites. That, that goes all the way back to Genesis 6. Now, you can go look it up if you want to. People who like to dig into that stuff, you'll find it if you go look for it, okay? It, it's, a, it's a Hebrew reference point, but I'm just telling you. So God said, go destroy it all. Defeat the Amalekites and destroy everything. Now, he'd done the same thing with Jericho, right? Don't, don't keep anything. To keep anything that God says destroy is sin, Right? All right, so that's what you got there. You got, you got God telling Saul, go destroy it all. <clears throat> and so Saul counts his army and everything. They go and they destroy the Amalekites. And yet they keep King Agag. They, 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 they preserve his life. And they preserve the best. The best of the cattle and all the livestock and the people. And, and God says to Samuel... Boy, I hated I made Saul king. He hadn't done what I told him to do. So Samuel goes to meet Saul to confront him for disobeying God. And that's when um, Samuel gets to where Saul is. Now, here you go. This is, the, this is one. All right, so I love a lot of humor, right? I like making people laugh. This is one of the funniest things. There's certain episodes in Scripture I go, that's a riot right there. So Samuel gets there and says, Saul, have you done what God asked you to do? Have you, have you destroyed everything and all of the Amalekites? He says, uh, yes. And Samuel goes, is that a cow I hear? Am I hearing livestock and, and the lowing of cattle? And, say, and, and Saul goes, oh, well, well, we kept the best so that we could sacrifice it to God. Well, in between the, the defeat of the Amalekites and, and this confrontation with Samuel, Saul has already gone to Mount Carmel, south of Hebron, and set up. Now, here you go. This is what's interesting. Because it's in that region, Saul goes and sets up a monument to himself. 
How about that? Oh, I want y'all to remember me, right? And then, and then Samuel catches up with him and goes, did you destroy it all? And he goes, oh, of course. Well, what's that I hear? See, a lot of times I've heard this preached on that, that <clears throat> Saul was punished because he wasn't supposed to be the one to offer the sacrifice. No, uh, he's being punished because he disobeyed God. It's not a question of the way he did the sacrifice or what he sacrificed. He disobeyed God. And there's three points in this that I want to show you this morning. Because the question that we have to ask ourselves every day of our lives, and I believe all day long in our lives, is what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Not so much who told you to do it, but did God tell you to do it? See, I look at things in my life. There, there's certain patterns in my life. I'll tell you this story because it, it, it's applicable this morning. Uh, every Sunday morning, my alarm goes off at 4.15. Doesn't matter. I'm up at 4.15. I'm sitting down with the text, sitting down with the outline. I'm studying. I'm kind of stirring it back up in my heart and my mind so that I understand what it is I want to share with you and all that sort of thing. Well, <clears throat> last night, yesterday, Eli made a trip across the state. He got home this morning at 4.30. He, now, my son has lived in my house for 18 years. He walks into the back door, and I'm sitting there at the kitchen counter on my computer looking at my, my outline and stuff. He goes, what are you doing up? I said, son, it's Sunday morning. I'm always up at this time on Sunday morning. 18 years of his life, he never knew that. It's a pattern. It's a routine. I do it because God has given me that time. He, he sort of has set that side, that time aside for me to, to, to just really get focused on what worship's going to be like. I do it every Sunday. My family will tell you I do it every Sunday like what? Like clockwork. It doesn't change in my life. I don't like a lot of change in my personal routines. Okay? So I get up and there I am. Do they? Are they even aware? Well, Angie knows I'm up. But they know what I'm doing. They don't know what's going on. Why am I doing it? Uh, 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 what's going on? Did God tell me to do it? Yes, I believe in my life God instructed me to really spend that early morning time on Sunday focusing on Him. Paying attention to him, listening to him. So what are you doing? What are you doing that God told you to do? I'm going to give you the easy answer. Well, I'm here, preacher. Yeah, you're here. Are you here because God told you to be here? Certainly, we can answer that question. I would venture the guess, though, that in, in, in a lot of places across the world this morning, people show up simply because, well, it's the time. We're just doing it because that's what we're supposed to do. Well, do you realize the Levitical sacrifice, sacrificial system in the Old Testament became so much of a ritual that they just did it because the generations before them had done it? Oh, yeah, we just get together and sacrifice. That's what we do. Do, do, do we understand what we're doing? Not really, but we're supposed to, so we do it. Do you know you can take this passage and almost cross-references with the seven churches of the Revelation when, 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 when they were condemned for simply going through the motions? You see? 
So, so this is important, and, and, and I got a few minutes to sort of anchor it with you this morning to ask you, what are you doing, why are you doing it, and who told you to? Are the, the routines, are the systems of your life, are the patterns and practices of who you are, are these done in your life because God told you to do it? Are you living out your obedience to God, because followers of Jesus obey Jesus. In the conversation, you ask the question, when Jesus walked up to Matthew in the book of Luke and says, come follow me. Yeah, we know the fishermen left their nets and their dad and left, but, but Matthew locked up the tax booth and walked away from his money, his career, all that stuff in the tax booth and walked away to follow Jesus. He obeyed Jesus. So, so here's what I want you to do. Let, 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 let's just kind of survey back. I'll ask for volunteers in a minute. Let's just survey back through the week. And I'll ask you what you did. Who's the first volunteer? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Everybody's going, not me. I'm hiding under the chair. Right? What have you done this week and why did you do it? And did you do it because God told you to do it? Have you set routines in your life that are simply those routines because God instructed you to do it? See, Saul didn't even bother. This was not about sacrificing animals. As a matter of fact, on Mount Carmel, he could have set up an altar and sacrificed all those animals. But, but he and the army took the plunder of the battle and kept it. They could have sacrificed it, but no, what they do instead, they set up a monument to Saul. Does the Lord take pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? Look, to obey is better than sacrifice. Now, commentaries will tell you that that little sentence that we have to put a lot of words in, in Hebrews, three words. And it means this, obedience surpasses sacrifice. Obedience. Better. And sacrifice. See that? So in that system of Levitical, sacrificial, whatever, to obey God is better than bringing animals and stuff to sacrifice. Obey God. Then you say, wait a minute, but God told us to sacrifice. Well, yeah, he did. But the obedience in it is what is, is more important, to obey God. And then he goes on to say this. He says, to pay attention is better than the fat of rams. See? And then listen to this, because this is the tough part for us. Y'all ready? For rebellion is like the sin of divination. Willful disobedience to the word of God. Now, in, in the Levitical system, to practice divination, witchcraft, astrology, uh, 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 the, the, what those things called, the pictures in the sky, the zodiac stuff, fortune telling, all that kind of stuff, that was, that was death for the people of God. That was divination. And go even farther that the word in Greek, 
for um, for witchcraft <laughs> was pharmacopoeia. Is that it? Pharmacy. So witchcraft and drugs are linked in Greek. So you see, rebellion, willful disobedience is worthy of death. And that's what Saul had done. Second thing, arrogance or insubordination is like idolatry. See that? For rebellion is like the sin of divination and defiance. Arrogance, uh, that that whole idea of, of just not paying attention to God and his will for our lives, defiance is like wickedness and idolatry. Now, why is that? Why, why, why would defiance and, and this idea of, of insubordination, it's because it elevates my will. It, it, it sort of puts me on the throne of my life instead of God. Idolatry. I'm worshiping Bobby. So when I ask you, what are you doing? And you go, well, I'm cooking dinner, right? Or, or anything. I don't care what you're doing. Follow that with why. Why are you doing it? Well, because I'm hungry. Family needs to eat. But, but pick something that, that, that is just simply the entertainment. What are you doing? Well, I'm entertaining myself. Why? Because it's fun. Who told you to? Well, I did. Right? Because in our lives, when we're obeying ourselves, the self-will, the self, selfish, self-aggrandizement, self-everything, uh, that's what happened in the garden. You can be your own God. That's what was said, right? To Adam and Eve, you can be your own God. That's idolatry. So in this little bitty episode of Saul's life, he went and he won the battle. He kept the good stuff. He, he honored himself. And in all of those things, those last two, he disobeyed God. He obeyed himself. And, and then, can I just tell you that this is... <clears throat> in 24, when he finally admits it, he says, I have sinned. I have transgressed the Lord's command and your words. But it's their fault. It's the people's fault. I was scared of them. I disobeyed you, Samuel, and I disobeyed God's word because I was scared of them and I obeyed the people. Folks, in our culture today, folks are obeying all the wrong things. They're listening to all the wrong things. They're surrendered to all of the wrong things. The last of the condemnations of Saul here. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. You see, you've rejected the word of the Lord. And when he says he has rejected you as king, the wording there in Hebrew means it's already done. You have already been rejected as king you see it's done so when when Saul confesses here he says I have sinned the concept of sin in the Bible is missing the mark what's the mark the mark is when God said be holy as I am holy 
So guess what? Yes, we all sin. But is our posture one of surrender? When God points out sin in your life, when you answer the question, why am I doing it? Well, because I want to. I don't care what God says. I'm going to live like I want to. I'm going to do like I want to. I'm going to, I'm going to have whatever lifestyle I want to. I'm going to ignore whatever I want. Anytime you say something, I'm going to do what I want to do. Is to deny the word of God. Okay? Anytime we do that, you see, we've missed the mark of God's perfection. So, when you read this passage and you see that, it says to obey is better than sacrifice. And, and you put it on a wall or you put it on a bumper sticker or, 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 or you know, you, you look at that and you start to think to obey. Well, of course I obey. All right, so now, I've asked you to, to kind of go back through your week and identify what you've done. Let's go back and say, all right, God said to do this. Now, let's look back through our week and ask ourselves, have we done what God said to do. See? See, that's the challenge in the conversation. The marks of a Jesus follower, those characteristics that come out of us because we follow Jesus. It's not a checklist. I'm not going to sit there and go, okay, uh, today, I, yes, I surrendered, I sacrificed, I listened, I abided, I obeyed. So, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. No, what we do is we take the posture of, I'm following Jesus. So throughout this day, I'm surrendered, sacrificed, listening, abiding, and obeying. See, that, are you looking at it in front of it or behind it? Today, I'm surrendered. Today, I am sacrificed. Why? Because Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my master. I submit. I surrender. I obey. See? Two weeks ago when I asked you, who are you, do you hear what I hear? That was the sermon title. Do you hear what I hear? And I went off on Christmas music and, and people all week long talk about Christmas music to me. They go, I know, Christmas music. I Some people say, yeah, I listen to it all year long. You ever go to those little tourist towns where they got Christmas shops in July? Ah. Sorry. But the question is not, do you hear what I hear? The question is, are you listening to the Spirit of God in your life? And are you obeying? See, that's what a follower of Jesus looks like. One who obeys what God has already said. And it's a posture. I give up. Starts with Jesus. If you don't know Jesus this morning, you need Jesus. I mean, I, that, that, that sounds like I'm being redundant somehow or, or, or stating the obvious. No, if you don't know Jesus, you need Jesus. You need Jesus more than you need anything else. That's where the abundant life starts is with Jesus. He died on the cross so that our sins might be forgiven. He was buried. He rose again. 
to give us victory over sin and death, to give us an abundant life that transcends this physical life. I've heard people say, what are we going to do in heaven? (laughs) A whole lot more of everything God's given us to do. We get to hang out with him. I've done funerals in the last two weeks. I go, yeah, they're just hanging out with Jesus, and that's enough. You see? What are you doing? The life you lead, choices you make, the actions, the attitudes, all those things. Folks, there's a book out in the thing out there, the Welcome Center, across from the Connect booth called In His Steps. It's a book written 100, 100 years ago or something. I don't know. But it is credited with being the beginning of the What Would Jesus Do movement. Remember the braces? WWJD. Man, everybody had them. Shirts, bracelets, printed on hats all over the place. WWJD. What Would Jesus Do? Had some smart aleck preacher I listened to. It might have been me. No, it wasn't me. Anyway, um, smart aleck preacher I, I listened to said, What did Jesus do? <laughs> He's already done it. He is the model, the example, right? What did Jesus do? You see what I mean? Those books are free. Don Thomas got them, got a big case of them or something for really reduced price. He said, can I put some out for free in the Welcome Center? I said, yeah, go ahead. So in his steps, they're out there on that antique table. You know, um, it, it's a story about, you know, Jesus being in charge. What are you doing? Why? Who told you to do it? Pray with me. God, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you, God, that that you loved us first. And, and God, you've given for us to love you back. And and so, God, we can love you back. We, we We can walk and talk with you and hang out with you and... And God, we can worship you and exalt you. And God, that's what we want to do. God, help us not to get caught in the mire, the mud, the, 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 the stickiness of this world. Help us not to be on edge because of what's going on around us. God, help us to abide in your peace, to, to just abide in your presence. God, help us to be surrendered, sacrificed to you. God, help us to, to dwell in that place of perfect peace. Thank you, God, for loving us. God, help us just to keep our eyes on you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.